Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 10th of January 2016. After watching the tremendous events that have been going on for an awful long time, as we're so well distracted by other nonsense that's shoved out for us by the bucket load all the time, and it works awfully well, too. You've got Christmas and all the rest of it, and folk were getting into this uh, materialistic spend-spend frenzy over nothing, really, except profits for big corporations that make the stuff in China that are owned by big, big banks in the West and so on. Well, what can you say to people when they're so distracted? And again, they get optimistic. That's part of throwing all these things out to you. And then they had the COP21 meeting as well, and the big agreements agreed to uh, that was awfully essential to get rammed through before the big crash comes, you see. Because the crash is is coming. It's planned that way. It's planned long before the COP21, in fact. Everything's planned. Any major event that's happened all through, say, the 20th century into the 21st is planned in advance by the very, very, very old, old rich and powerful. And I've gone through so much of it over so many years to do with the Bank for International Settlements and the IMF and the setting up of the European Union and the central banking system that was all set up to. Who set it up? I've been through all. Go into the archives again at cuttingthroughthematrix.com and do work because literally where we're going from here right now is the next step off the agenda. I knew they'd have to wait until they signed or had this agreement signed. It's not a treaty, it's agreement, it's COP21, which can bypass all um, elected governments, basically. That's that's why they do it this way, especially in the US. It doesn't have to go through the Congress or the Senate. Uh, Whereas treaties do, you see, are supposed to uh, go through. (laughs) But again, everything's changed in the US too over many, many years until uh, any idea of running by law and a written law has been utterly demolished long ago. But anyway, you're living through a formula, or a formulaic system, I should say. All planned, like I did, big business plan a long time ago. And never forgets that by using war, and using the debt that is created during war, to the big bankers, who fund all sides of everything, including all the so-called radical sides of everything through their foundations, then remember, too, that part of warfare, of a type of war, which is just as effective, believe you me, if not even better than the physical war, is economic warfare. You get everything done by changing economies, crashing economies, and then bringing in your solutions, which you'd planned before you crashed them, you see. That's how it's done. That's how the private group, Royal Institute for International Affairs, was the branches of Council on Foreign Relations, and it's different foreign affairs branches across the world, running governments and everything else. You don't elect them, they're a private group, who also are totally intertwined with the top international financiers. Always were. 
then they were all planned out this whole darn future you're going through. And they brought in their bank, private bank, the Bank for International Settlements, and the, their private IMF and so on, to run the whole world in a global system. Which is pretty well here, folks, isn't it? You're watching Europe being the last bits of any pretense of having independent nations totally demolished by flooding the countries with non-European peoples, masses of them at once. In Britain, that was going on for a long time, actually, since Harold Wilson's days. So it's been going on, a big, big plan, of course. And now, of course, this time for, for the financial system to go bust, you see, or appear to go bust for you lot, because you're all going to get fleeced with it. It's all signed into law that the banks can simply grab any money you have, and it's theirs. Your governments that work for these private organizations and take their orders from them. They're totally infiltrated. In fact, they've always been infiltrated, and every top prime minister and president for 100 years has been a member of this private selective group. So it doesn't matter who you vote for. Uh, are on board with this, of course. They've legalized banks being able to rob you of any anything that you have. And don't think for a second they have, they've left the, the, the so-called bank's insurance on your account safe. No, that's gone as well. Thousands of pages written on it. And it's such a massive topic that I, I can't go through it all naturally. It's such, so massive. The whole history of it is so massive. I can't do it in an hour. But what I'm going to give you are some of the big meetings that have been going on for a few years, getting it all prepared when they knew they'd crashed the economy. But again, they had to get all the, the other agreements through first. And that's the last one to do is the COP21. Because now uh, you get taxed as well as crashed into austerity. And they want that, too, to bring in their true world governmental system, which they, of course, own and create. And they'll bring in and show you at the right time to get us out of the mess we're in, you see, that we cause ourselves by being frivolous, not etc., etc. It's always your fault, you see. Always blame the victim. That's what abusers always do. It's a long history to it. I've gone through it before on talks, and you have to... Go through the archive section, cutting through com. Don't forget, too, you can always drop a dollar or so my way uh, when you use these, if you have any decency at all, because there's so many folk using them, and they, they never give me any, uh, basically, thanks for anything. They don't even mention your name, and uh, never mind send you a penny or two to keep you going. That's the nature of humanity, and that's why we're so easily ran like herds of sheep, you see, uh, because of corruption that is fostered. And now you have a corrupt culture as well as corrupt politicians and so on and so on. It's all through society as people have been trained into complete materialistic uh, systems and into the system that many of the players that gave you the present culture talked about when they were designing and setting up your culture, your present culture, as it would take you through massive promiscuity 
and then life would become cheaper, of course, and then abortions would start, and they'd hit the elderly after that. Then they come into marriage licenses down the road, overpopulation, they'll call it, and so on. And so, can you actually get uh, married or not? Do they need you to get married? Do you have, well, you have the right to have a child? All that's all the big players that planned the whole culture, including the takedown of the old system of culture, uh, were quite open about it in their books, many, many books. And it's been taught in universities for years because universities recruit the next generation of world-type managers, you see, in all kinds of spheres. The ones that come out with all their wonderful books in psychology and give you your new reality, which is fake again, it cripples you and makes you unable to see the bigger picture. But that's how well we're managed. We've been, we're awfully well managed. And in the media, of course, during the present time, since COP21, I've been on about, oh my God, the wars across here, wars across there, massive rapes in the Middle East, like they wouldn't know that would happen. Uh, and, and all this kind of stuff to keep you distracted and emotional and angry. In the U.S., I've got the same time, the, the big circus going. Neither really big circus, as I've said before, this time in U.S. politics, because so, people are so fed up with politics and politicians because they never make anything better for the general population. I mean the general population. They're supposed to do it for the majority. Now they've been concentrating on the so-called minority for years, which, which and all different kinds of minorities, are trying to, they're, they're actually raking the bottom of the barrel right now, trying to find even more minorities. To me, you think they're still democratic, but that's nothing to do with democracy, because democracy is supposed to be the majority are looked after, and minorities get the right to be heard. That's all. Not They, they don't get put in charge of ruling the majority. But again, everything's upside down in a topsy-turvy world of total manipulation and control, which we really, really are under. I've been through the educational system so many times, and the guys behind your present educational system, what they were involved with, who financially backed them, set them up, promoted them, got them, landed them the big jobs to give you again the culture uh, creation industry, including the one that give you through through schooling and universities. These same big boys are, are, that decided to, that they were going to bring in this uh, total ownership of the planet, basically, have been on the go openly since the late 1800s, or the latter part of the 1800s, openly. And uh, what they always said what their goals would be. They also completely believe that you're too stupid to manage yourselves. And they're right enough because we believe everything we're told. We're taught and trained to be awfully naive. We're taught and trained to parrot off today's talking point that's given out to you by the media, whatever emotive topic it is. We're given the things to, to take their fear away, like giving you the little cutesy-cutesy stories in this, about pets and things, or someone finds, a, you know, uh, someone who's homeless and gives them a little helping. Like, they, they keep you going thinking, oh, here's for the hope. You know, it makes you feel a bit better. There's hope. There's some humanity left. We're played so perfectly well. Perfectly well. You see? But always distracted from any fact. And facts now, of course are getting scarcer to find. You'll you get topics or headlines, but you have to know what the topics mean. That's what's getting harder to find. What their titles, etc., actually mean to understand them. It's not meant that you understand them. It's meant that you be familiar with terms that are floated out there. 
but not understand. You don't want, they don't want you to understand them. If you understand them, you might get rather ticked off about it. And individuals, that's the key to everything, might demand that all be stopped or changed or something else. But instead, of course, they think they'll wait for the one to come along and tell them what to do. Once in a blue moon, I get someone prattling on, saying, well, you give us all this bad news. Well, it's not my fault it's all bad news. That's the real news. When in your lifetime can you think of it was it really was pretty good in society? Huh? Or you look back to old movies from the 50s and things. and That's fiction, folks. That was fiction. You've been sold out and sold out and sold out with the political party one after another because they all work for the one big master at the top. All of them are hand-picked at the top. But you fall for it. Okay, we'll, we'll vote the other party in this time, you see. And then, bingo, what's got, what changes? Nothing. Same wars, same debt creation to pay for the wars, same fallout from the wars and so Same thing. But it stops you doing anything about it. Well, we can vote and vote that lot out and get somebody, give someone new a chance that might do something right. When have you noticed they've ever done anything right? They can't do anything right for the majority of the public because what's happening is secretive and it's covertly run by a power that's been here for a long time. They have their big meetings, secret meetings. They have them in Switzerland and all over the place. And it isn't just the Bilderberg group, folks. I've read some of the reports from little pathetic, uh, uh, <laughs> they're not even interviews, occasional loud for the public, like the Bank for International Settlements. These bankers meet once a month or so and sip their brandy, and, but they don't tell you what they're really up to, you see. And you don't vote for any of them. So again, I can only tell you what's happening. What you do with information it's for yourself. You see, you, as I said way back years ago in the 90s, you are your own champion. Don't expect anybody else to do it for you or make decisions that are going to affect yourself in any possible way. You've got to do it yourself. Here's the bad news. What can you do personally to try and alleviate some of the fallout on you? Things like that. If you set up an organization, before you know it, the same one organization will be funding and running you. And you won't even know it. Because that's how we've been run for well over 100 years. And I mean, it's a vast operation, folks. Vast operation. This whole Patriot business is a massive business for those who are in it. Not for me. Because I'm not selling in now. I'm not selling you all the kind of junk things and so on to sell. To get awfully, awfully wealthy, they'd fall apart if there was no Patriot business. But um, 
It distracts you and doesn't go into anything concrete. And they don't stay in the topics that matter. They're into emotive topics, emotive, keeping you up and down like a yo-yo. And you tune in every day because you're terrified you're going to miss something of vital, life-saving importance, you see. Fear, fear is awfully addictive because you've, you've given over your right to think for yourself to someone else. Now, all the things I give you are checkable. At least you can check them out for yourself. You can validate them. And that's all I can give you, basically. What you do is up to you. But don't look for any mass movement on anything. It's not going to happen. Not in a hundred years. Back in the 90s, I heard, and I've mentioned this before, and it was awfully interesting. It was uh, an elderly lady phoned up a show I eventually went on to, or at least a group I went on to, and she said to the, the guy who owned the, the whole kit and caboodle, uh, she said, uh, I've been listening to Patriot Radio for 50-odd years. This is way back, you remember. And she said, I've never seen any movement through any Patriot-created radio or anything change a darn thing in the globalist plans. And guess what? Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. And the globalists always go by timetables for all the different parts they have to introduce. And they never change their minds on anything. They never, from 50 years, 100 years ago to the present time, they don't change their strategy of the big business plan. And they always get what they want. Or they'll create conditions to make sure they get what they want, like crashing economies and all that kind of thing. So remember, you are, as I said back in the 90s too and before that, you are your own champion. Remember what Albert Pike said, the Pope of Freemasonry? Those who won't use their, the gifts, their intellects, that which God had given you, or Creator had given you, as they put it, a supreme being. If you wouldn't use it, then you were a beast of burden. It means for others to use. A beast of burden and stake on the table by choice and consent. Very important, choice and consent. You consent to everything that comes down the pike, the majority by their silence, because the majority literally wait for someone to do it all for them as usual, you see. Where those are meant to change society are supplied with their leaders and heavily funded by big bankers. And they do get what they want. So once again, I'll say for the last time, use cutting3mates.com because you have to, have to get some background on a lot of this before you can accept what I'm going to talk about tonight. But what's coming, of course, is what's been legalized, put into law by your governments, which aren't yours, of course, to allow the bankers to steal all the money in the banks, your savings, 
checking everything, basically. That's what it is. To legally plunder you. And they call them bail-ins. Bail-in, you see. Which means, oh, bailing. See, you used to bail out a boat. If it was, if your boat was sinking or it was filling up with water, you'd bail out the, as much water as you could to try and stay afloat. That's the bank. And they're going to bail in, you see, where they take the water, which is all of your resources, your life force, you might say, your cash, all your savings, everything, and take it from you and to put it into their boat so they'll have it all in their boat so they can stay afloat and own you all and all that used to be yours. They also call it, because bankers love to mock the public, the big boys who control the world are always mocking the general population. They laugh at the conditioning that's worked so well on you all. They laugh at the, uh, at the emotive nonsense that's put out by the media on trivia to get you gushy about things. That, you know, They laugh at the sentimentality of the made-up stories they give you to make you feel a bit happier about things. Because the boys at the top are vicious and cunning. And they call the Balins haircuts. Haircut. Why do they call it a haircut? Well, see, the, the term they used in the past when banks traditionally, on, on, in total basically, all did it, at once, generally, because they're all connected by the same massive bankers at the top. They, they plundered the public generally twice a century. They've had a great run through the 20th one, they've had even more, and into this century too. In 2008, of course, you had the, oh, the unforeseen massive plunder <laughs> that was obviously set up in advance for years. So they could steal and steal and steal. And they ran the whole real estate market too by constantly buying up piles of houses en masse, basically, through corporations. They've got massive corporations dealing with housing. And, uh, and then flipping them from one bank to the next as collateral, upping the prices until the darn, you know, stick, the stick houses that we live in, in most folk live in, in uh, America and Canada. Uh, are worth fortunes, like castles almost. And then they always burst the bubble eventually. And then they scramble to find out who the original owner really is because they flip them so fast they don't bother doing any paperwork. <laughs> you said So quickly they can't even fill the paperwork in. And so you end up with you know thousands and thousands of people losing their homes, maybe millions, in, in different countries, in the U.S. especially. And they had tent cities set up for the, these poor characters who lost everything. And then the government's told the banks, well, you just hold on to these properties because we can't find out who really originally owned them. And then the banks wait umpteen years and then start, they start quietly selling them off again. That's the system you, you're, you're living in. It's utterly corrupt. And it's always been that way. <laughs> it's always been that way. The powerful have always ruled in any system, including the communist system. And you're always suckered go along with it in one way or force, it doesn't matter, uh, one way or another. You'll be getting comedy shows and lots of, you know, distractions and things like that to watch and be entertained by during it all. So, a bail-in means 
a haircut, which means fleeced. That's the old term. You got fleeced, like a sheep. You were thrown down on the ground. All your hair was cut off you. That's the wool, you see. That's why they call it a haircut. And you were fleeced. And people were so used to the term getting fleeced, they just put haircut in and chuckled, knowing most of the people can't even, would even figure that out, why they picked haircut. So here goes. Here starts a whole list of things. For the serious student, basically, a scholar, who wants to know some of the formula that's been set up over the years in preparation for the unexpected crash you'll have shortly, you know. It'd be a shock to most folk who literally are still getting all emotive about the Middle East flooding into Europe. That's genocide, folks. It's planned that way, you know. There's many ways of genocide, and one of them is simply flooding in another majority of people who, and then the the original people become the minority. That comes under, legally, it comes under genocide. That's intention. And there's actually groups out there awfully happy about it and who are vocal about it. So anyway, let's start off with from 2013. Deal reached on bank bail-in directive. I directive, right? Remember that, I directive. And um, this story says, uh, Parliament and Council Presidency negotiators reached a political agreement Wednesday on the Draft Bank Recovery and Resolution Directive. The first step towards setting up an economic union system that's how they put it across out at first. It was for Europe, but it's not it's for us all. To deal with struggling banks, this directive will introduce the bail-in principle by January 2016, thereby ensuring the taxpayers will not be first in line to pay for bank failures. And that's not true, because as they steal your money or fleece you, or, which is your haircut, Legally, because your governments have passed the laws, you all signed on to it. The U.S. signed on and Canada signed on and so on. Uh, Then there's also a vague part that some of the the, the other um, investigators have noticed. I'll mention some of it tonight. Where the governments will decide which ones get bail-ins. Which means there's obviously some kind of limit that might go and give them a bail-out as well. Naturally, the banks must always profit, not just, they don't lose or equal or stay where they were. They must pr- even profit more by each scam that they, they put out on you. And it says here, welcome the deal, Gunnar uh, Hockmark, the member of the European Parliament who steered the legislation through Parliament, said, we now have a strong bail-in system which sends a clear message that bank shareholders and creditors will be the ones to bear the losses on rainy days, not the taxpayers. Now, when you put your money in a bank, they own it. That's why you have to sign and get it out. And even then, they can say no. <laughs> uh, so, so you see, uh, the whole system's a scam. The whole system we take for normal and reality is it's all a big scam. All of it, I mean all of it, folks. Everything you look at is well-managed by really a pyramid system up to the top, the capstone at the top. And as I say, I've read some of the articles before this, last year, and I I went through uh, some of the things which talked about, yep, you know, don't take it for granted that this uh, 
uh, insurance, not automatic insurance, by the banks of up to $100,000 per account. Don't take that for granted at all. Not anymore. Because they thought, look what happened to Cyprus. They stole those who had any savings in the bank as well. Billions, billions in cash. They stole it all. Legally. The director of established a bill-in system which ensures that taxpayers will last night to pay the bills, blah, blah, blah. The bill-in tool set out in the directive would require shareholders and bondholders to take the first big hits. Bondholders and shareholders. Now, shareholders, you can take that and really put it through the legalese system and decipher that way you want. It says, un- and it, that says take the first big hits, right? Unsecured depositors over 100,000 euro would be affected last, in many cases even after the Bank Finance Resolution Fund and the National Deposit Guarantee Fund in the country where it's located have stepped in to help stabilise the bank. So, so here again, you've got a Bank Finance Resolution Fund and National Deposit Guarantee Fund. So they also use the tax money to... Help the banks, so you see. Smaller depositors would in any case be explicitly excluded from any bail-in. To improve a struggling bank recovery prospect and foster general economic stability, bail-ins would apply at least until 8% of at least... Now, this is beautiful how they word things. At least until 8%. It could be weight, it could be, it could be 90%, see, at least, of its total assets have been lost. In most cases, this would mean shareholders and many bondholders would be wiped out. Above this threshold, the Resolution Authority would allow the bank to access resolution money or fund money up to a maximum of 5% of the bank's assets. And so on and so on. This is a a lot of articles here, but as I say, there's too many to actually go through. I'm just going to give you an idea of what's going on. Now, World Bank downgrades global growth in 2016. Uh, Cites slowdown in major emerging economies. It says, uh, the 7th of January, 2016. Global growth disappointed again 2015, slowing to 2.4% and is expected to recover at a slower pace than previously envisioned. The World Bank Group. Now, the World Bank Group is a private group, folks. But they run your governments. You better believe it. Said today in a new report, which also warned that a broad-based slowdown across developing countries could pose a threat to hard-won gains and raising people out of poverty. They really care about raising people out of poverty as they plunder nations, including your own. While noting that weak growth amongst major emerging markets will weigh on global growth in 2016, the World Bank's January 2016, and I'll put these links up, you can read them yourself, and the PDFs they put out. Global Economic Prospects states that economic activity should still pick up modestly to a 2.9% pace. This is all rubbish, folks, you know. From 2.4% growth 2015, it's a modest recovery in advanced economies. What's an advanced economy? Because in the West, we produce nothing anymore through all the free trade agreements going way back, way back 
into the 90s. And when they gave it all to China, and they used our tax money to finance companies to uproot and go to China to make everything over there, we're service economies. We don't have all the intermediate things from raw ore to, to metal, say, and from the metal, then you send it off to different factories. It's all mining in factories, etc. And then they go into the next step and the next step until you went through, go through umpteen different businesses, all employing people. They've all gone. Now you get the things in for, already made from China, uh, slave labor, dirt cheap, and they make the stuff dirt cheap, and they sell it to you for the old prices when it used to be made in your country. Mind you, it didn't fall apart because it was made in your country, but now they're made to fall apart as well. And you're a service economy. You produce nothing except debt. You bring things in, and it's passed around from the importers through different middlemen to get to stores, and you buy them, and that's it. The report goes on to note that spillovers from major emerging markets will constrain growth in developing countries and pose a threat to hard-won gains, etc. More than 40% of the world's poor live in the developing countries where growth slowed to 2015, said World Bank President Jim Yong Kim, stressing that developing countries should focus on building resilience to a weaker economic environment and shielding the most vulnerable. That's what they've done it. They're planning to plunder uh, your savings or your even even your checkbook, actually. Wherever you've got money in account, it's fair game. The benefits from reforms to governance and business conditions are potentially large and could help offset the effects, etc. According to the report, global economic growth was less than expected in 2015. When falling commodity prices flagging trade and capital flows. What it is, folks, is your countries that used to have all the factories and multiple levels of factories up to finished products and employed, could even employ everybody if they wanted to, and sometimes they did, have nothing but stores, and they're all flagging as well. And the folk are getting taxed more because... All the businesses used to get taxed, and the tax would get used by the governments. When they don't have under free trade, the tax is coming in, you see, from imports and so on. And all the, the taxes have gone because the, the, the factories have gone and all different levels of manufacture have gone. Then they pass on the taxes to the taxpayer, the general population, until you get taxed and taxed and taxed. As, of course, the value of your currency is constantly devalued at home. This matter what they see abroad, it's always devalued at home. They're paying more and more every year for the same things. And then you got Obamacare in the US too. You know, it's about one and a half grand a month for a couple, for a couple basically, for, for basics. Oh yeah, just find one and a half grand extra a month as you're living in a service economy going down the tubes. Anyway, they know all that. So they know that the crash is coming because it was designed to come, you see. Developing economies are forecast to expand, blah, blah, all these silly numbers they push out there. And I'll put this article up tonight. Then you go on to the World Bank Group, you see. And it says, the World Bank Group is a family of five international organizations that make leveraged loans to developing countries. It's a private group, you see. 
set up by the Royal Institute for International Affairs, a private club. They set up the IMF too. And the, the Bank for International Settlements and the World Bank Group, they own them all. It's all private. And it says, the largest, most famous development bank in the world and is an observer at the United Nations Development Group. And it's an important group, United Nations Development Group. The bank's based in Washington, D.C. and provided around $61 billion loans and assistance to developing and transition countries in the 2014 fiscal year. But by God, they get it all back, eh? Big time soon. The bank's stated mission is to achieve as a twin goal of ending extreme poverty and building shared prosperity. How long have you heard that nonsense? Its five organizations are all these banks I've just mentioned that are owned and set up by the guys who decided they want to have uh, the whole world under their feet and under their throne, basically. They started off, at least to the general public's knowledge, it's not necessarily all true in London. The bank, the Royal Institute for International Affairs, this comes from foreign relations and all of its affiliated branches. And the trilateral group as well. The trilateral group are part of the CFR, or Royal Institute for International Affairs. So it's set up the International Bank for Reconstruction and Development, where they use your tax money to loan out to the people, and they take it all themselves. The International Development Association, the International Finance Corporation, the Multilateral Investment Guarantee Agency, and the International Centre for Settlement of Investment Disputes. The World Bank's, uh, and they mentioned that the IBRD and IDA's activities focus on developing countries and so on. Uh, now, when they talk about governance, they mean that the private corporations, which they are, are and they own, uh, most of the big corporations, about governance, because they govern the countries now, including your own. And it goes on about different memberships of, of who's in it, etc., etc., etc. I'll put that up as well, and I'll put up this one. It's from, again, the International Bank for Reconstruction and Development the World Bank. I love, to, I love how they word things. The work, this is this work is a product of the staff of the staff of the World Bank with external contributions. See the, the country they take the money off you. You see, your your nations give them cash, they lend it out at massive interest. You see. As, and they, they control the interest and everything else. They might give some back to the country that they, that they borrowed it from, or they got it from you, you know, this little, sometimes it's just a gift from you, you see. And it says, in the wording, the findings, interpretations, and conclusions expressed in this work do not necessarily reflect the views of the World Bank. That's a standard disclaimer put out by the, the CFR, Council on Foreign Relations, Relationship for International Affairs. It says, or as board of uh, executive directors or the government they represent. The World Bank does not guarantee the accuracy of the data included in this work. The boundaries, colors, denominations, and other information shown map in this work do not imply any judgment on the part of the World Bank concerning legal status of any territory or the endorsement or acceptance of such boundaries. Nothing herein shall constitute or be considered to be a limitation 
upon or waiver of the privileges and immunities of the World Bank. They're completely immune from everything that they cause. She's got all of which are specifically reserved, you see. And that's how they draft up your bail-in policies for the world through the Bank for International Settlements and, and this one as well, etc. Nothing herein shall constitute or be considered to be a limitation upon or waiver of the privileges and immunities of the World Bank, all of which are reserved. And... I'll put the link up for this one. It's a long PDF, and you can go through it too. Uh, but it's got a lot of interesting information. You've got to get a hold of it and slog your way through it, if you're really interested. Or you can go back to worrying about all the women who are getting raped over in Europe and Scandinavia. That's, that was known before they brought them in, the, the, the way they do all that. And uh, things like that, you see. It's, it's quite interesting, as I say, to, to realize what they've been up to, because we're run by these uh, big, big bankers, this big group at the top of various kind of bankers, you see. And I see the World Bank as well. I'll put that one up as well for you to go through. Now, everybody has heard about George Soros, the guy who should have been, maybe should have been put in prison years ago for crashing the economies by his, his uh, Techniques of getting a few of his pals together as he boasted in one of the British papers and to help sink the cash and betting on the sinking of the cash or the, the value of the currency of the country and raking in a lot of money off the profits of it. And guess what? They don't change the laws because his pals own the whole system, you see, of finance. That's why they don't change laws and allow them to do it. This is a uh, Global markets are facing a crisis. Investors need to be very cautious, billionaire George Soros told an economic forum in Sri Lanka Thursday. China is struggling to find a new growth model, and its currency devaluation is transferring problems to the rest of the world. That's not just what's causing it. You're in a state of massive overproduction. Overproduction and massive taxation of the nations involved. That's what's doing it. And the bankers constantly devaluing your money until you need more and more of it to even get the basic essentials. When you can't do that, you don't buy anything you don't really need. And this is a return to positive interest rates as a challenge for the developing world. He said, I think the current environment has similarities to 2008. Of course he is, because him and his pals helped create it all. Global currencies, stock and commodity markets are under fire in the first week of the new year with a sinking yuan, that's a currency China, adding to concern about the strength of the Chinese economy and so on. China has a major adjustment problem, Soros said. Well, they will because they're adjusting the fact that they're also dominated by the same folk through financial chronology that already uh, managed the world, basically. And... Uh, it's one of a 2008 catastrophe before, blah, blah, blah. Soros, whose hedge fund firm gained about 20% a year on average from 1969 to 2011, has a net worth of about $27.3 billion, according to his pal Bloomberg. Beginning his career in New York City in the 1950s, 
and gained a reputation for his investment prowess in 92 by netting a billion dollars with a bet that the UK would be forced, forced, because he needs policy. It's a half page in the British papers about it. He boasted about it in an interview how he did it to devalue the pound. He should be put in prison right then. Remember, too, they've omitted the fact here the guy was kicked out of Europe because of what he was doing during World War Two. He fled Europe, too. Who took him in? Britain took him in. They paid for his education. They paid to put him through, through university. And that's how he thanks the folks, by plundering them. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'll put this link up, too, for those who want to go through it. Economic growth will disappoint again in 2016, warns IMF's Christine Lagarde. She call her Lagarde, you know. Uh, because again, another appointee just not paying any taxes herself doesn't have to when you belong to these private institutions that run the world, like the International Monetary Fund. And she says here, the world's sh- uh, sh- stuttering economy or economic recovery. They keep saying recovery. Who's kidding who? How can a service economy recover when you produce nothing? You might be lucky you produce some raw material to ship off to China. That's about it. So I'll continue to disappoint next year, the head of the IMF has warned. And raising the U.S. interest rates, a Chinese slowdown, and disappointing world trade will all weigh on growth prospects in 2016. The IMF estimates the global economy will expand by 3.6% next year, but Mr. Lagarde's uh, writing in German Business Daily uh, said growth will, would be disappointing and uneven. No, it was always uneven especially the profit growth, which ends up well in the hands of the IMF that she works for and things like that, you know. And I'll put the link to the International Monetary Fund, what it is. And it says, the International Monetary Fund is an international organization headquartered in Washington, D.C. of 188 countries. It means that your government's not you, working to foster global monetary cooperation, secure financial stability, facilitate international trade, promote high employment, and sustainable economic growth and reduce poverty around the world. Can you pick holes in all that? It's meant to facilitate international trade and help promote free trade across the world and the export of all your factories, folks. Promote high employment, and with the, got the factories going, you've got nothing but unemployment and part-time jobs and service economies. And sustainable economic growth. How long, when have you ever had growth that you can imagine? When has your dollar at home, never mind the coin on the, on the world market, or at home, when has your, your currency ever, ever gained buying power within your own country? and reduce poverty around the world. Oh. Formed in 1944, and it was formed again by the Royal Institute International Affairs, that private club of big bankers and stuff. At the Bretton Woods Conference, it came into formal existence in 45, with 29 member countries and the goal of reconstructing the international payment system. Because of the war, you see. They knew after World War II, they'd be a massive killing again, you're getting all the countries to pay up for all. Countries contribute funds to a pool 
through a quota system from which countries are experiencing balance of payments difficulties can borrow money. See? As of 2010, the fund had XDR 476.8 billion, about $755.7 billion at then current exchange rate. So that's what they have, this private institution that's there to keep the profit as you get poorer and poorer. Through the fund and other activities such as statistics, keeping and analysis, surveillance of members' economies, and demand for self-correcting policies, means they run the governments, you see. The IMF works to improve the economies of its member countries. Now, the IMF is really, it's also called the Banker's Bank because it runs the central banks, the private se- It's all the same crew that own them all, including your central banks. They're all private. The big private club. The organization's objective state and the article of agreement are to promote international monetary cooperation, international trade, high employment, exchange rate stability, sustainable economic growth, and making resources available to member countries in financial difficulty. Beautiful, isn't it? So the bankers decide to screw another nation instead of yours for a change. Uh, they'll then come to you to get the cash to bail out the other country that they've just screwed. And they, they, they run their fun- they're going through their function surveillance of the global economy, you see, a conditionality of loans, structural adjustment, benefits, and that gives you some of its history there, and member countries. Boarded governors, executive board, managing directors, their voting power, their quota systems, developing countries, blah, blah, overcoming borrower creditor divide, an exceptional access framework, sovereign debt, and all the rest of it. IMF and globalization, because you see, in their perfect system, which they've set everything up for a couple hundred years to, to work towards, you must bring in globalization so they can own all and all the resources, because that's what they're going to take eventually when there's nothing else for you to cough up. It's all the resources of your nation, you see. Also, I'll put up this article here. Uh, John Iveson, Stefan Polos's outlook stays sunny while Canadian economy veers close to the rocks, it says here. So he, I guess, is the Bank of Canada, the new, the new guy. The last one, of course, was sent over to be the Bank of England's uh, director. And mind you, he, the last one, had also had to ultimately do their work uh, in Goldman Sachs, you know, the, the banker to the world, you know. I don't know about this one, but probably something similar. It says, Thursday morning, Stephen Posner declared himself optimistic about the future, despite the deluge of bad news raining down on the Canadian economy. Overall, we can still be positive about the future, he said, after delivering a breakfast speech in Ottawa. What remains to be seen is where he is, he is prudent optimist who is taking his raincoat, or whether he and the rest of us are destined for another good soaking. And he goes through about his observations about the fallout of unpredictable economic events and so on. Uh, as he said, it might have been subtitled, Stuff Happens. Yeah, well, nothing happens unless it's planned that way. There's nothing a policymaker can do about the price of oil, he says. No, well, really, yeah. His arguments that we are not headed down Fury Road towards a meltdown as apocalyptic as something out of Mad Max received a, a boost earlier this week when trade numbers for November indicate that long last the lower dollar might be helping exporters. 
That's your raw materials gone out, you see, to China. For the first time in four months, the trade deficit fell, and they go through all this meaningless nonsense for the general public. And when Canada signed the bail-ins or the haircuts and the scalping, which is fleecing, etc., etc., it was done for a very good reason, folks. It's coming. It's meant to come. It's planned to come, and so on. And then going about Canada's economy is heading towards the rocks. Another one said Bill MacDonald, a lawyer and policy advisor, uh, it says Canada's economy is heading towards the rocks. Consumer spending and foreign borrowing to cover it are the major culprits, he, he wrote in the Globe Mail. He believes the Bank of Canada must follow the U.S. Federal Reserve and raise interest rates to lower household debt and foreign borrowing. You see? And then you go to Canada's terms of trade, it's fallen since 2014 due to the decline in prices for oil, etc., etc. I think to Obama cancelled the, the, the tar sands oil as well because I mean, he, he, he just do what Warren Buffett was telling him because he wants all the business there. Anyway, I'll put this link up as well too. And then Moody. And Moody, I've read articles in the past, again, going to cuttingthroughmates.com. And hear my talks on Moody's because I went through some of the scams before with Moody's, who actually get paid by the banks that they're supposed to report on. And if you don't pay them and so on, and you're not part of their, their, the group that where they're supposed to speculate upon you and investigate you, uh, then they give you a bad report. You see? Anyway, Moody's sticks with negative outlook for Canadian banks in 2016, it says here. And. Uh, Again, they give you the usual vague stuff, blah, blah, blah. It means nothing to the average person. But they do blame you all, you see. High household debt, you see. It's you. It's not the country, your nation is caught boring, boring billions. In the case of the U.S., they're up to the trillions now that they know. Many trillions. Uh, no, it's you. It's you with your household debt and your credit card balances. They, they threw at you by the bucketful back in the 80s to keep the economy going because I don't know, when your jobs were all getting vanishing and in the 90s, they upped again uh, until even children were getting <laughs> sent to them by mistake, they exclaimed by mistake, um, to keep the economy going. Because when you keep buying little things and paying it up a little bit and getting by and balancing two or three credit cards, it's not as bad as it would be if you didn't even have those credit cards. You have to say to yourself, what the heck has happened? It was all planned that way. All planned that way, folks. But I don't blame you all for using them, you see. It's always your fault. And it says um, a deteriorating economy, of course. In Canada, the possibility that the federal government will create a so-called bail-in regime well, it was done to protect the taxpayers if banks fail. Although this marks the third consecutive year that Moody's has issued a negative outlook for the banks, this stands out for its focus on asset risk. As the economy feels the impact of continuing low commodity prices, etc., etc. And, and so on it goes. And there again, here it tells folks who to invest with, what banks to put their money in. And this is what they did the previous time when the bank crashes all happened. And of course, it was kind of wrong then too. Anyway, it has awarded the big banks some of its top credit ratings. The baseline credit assumption for the Toronto Dominion Bank 
is just three notches from the highest quality debt. Quality debt, there you go. Bank of Nova Scotia is a notch below TD, followed by another notch down by Canadian Imperial Bank of Commerce Bank of Montreal. The Bank of Montreal, I should say, and the Royal Bank of Canada. In other words, the negative outlook is applying to a relatively high level for the sector overall. And at a time where many of the big banks have been making efforts to diversify beyond the, the Canadian economy, part of the reason you crashed the last time is a diverse file across the rest of the world. It was all falling apart, for those who can remember. I do. Yeah. And Scotia Bank has been adding financial assets in Latin America. Bank of Montreal acquired GE Capital's Transportation Finance Unit. And uh, RBC complete, completed its $5 million or billion-dollar U.S. acquisition of Los Angeles-based City National Corps in November. But again, there's always a little caution, only that the diversification is not necessarily a good move for bank for bondholders, because they're bailings, and therefore credit ratings, because it risks diluting the bank's strong Canadian-based personal and commercial operations that generate the bulk of their profits. It caused the Canadian bank an oligopoly, it's very positive, he says, being Canadian bank. I like to bank with the same banks that Soros and the boys bank with, wouldn't you, you know? Or Rothschild, but they have their own private bank in Switzerland, don't they, Rothschild? That won't crash. You know, it's amazing how the time just vanishes, evaporates, doesn't it? I've only scratched the surface here. And all the setups. That have been done already to set you up, you see. Because when these things are put into law, which they have been done, uh, then they're going to use them. When exactly, I don't know, but they're going to use them. And there will be a plan of when to use them. But of course, it'll be put across to the public as a complete surprise. When one big bank will fail, again, surprisingly, and the rest of them are so tied in with them, where they're, they're born from each other, and etc., etc., they'll all go down. Teeter totter. Uh, that's a start for you folks, and I'll put up the articles and the links for PDFs and so on. And for the serious students, you should really keep them for future use, then you'll know when it all happens, what actually did happen, and why it happens. Remember, folks, buy the books and discs at cuttingtrimates.com. You can donate as well. Help me out. You'll see how to do it on the websites. From Hamish Marcel from Ontario, Canada, it's good night. May your God or your gods go with you. Mm-hmm.